0: La,
1: la, 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 la. Draft pod presented by Breckenridge Brewery Fun slinger uh, local lager crushable We love it they love us. You will love it as well. Last draft pod of the year. What a year it has been boys J and J with me Justin how we feeling? uh Jakester's still recovering from that drive-in yesterday so I'm giving him a little a little extra yeah. breather.
0: Doing good. Threw my back out a little bit trying to shovel that wet snow. Also, my shovel (laughs) literally broke in half to give you an idea of what my morning was like. It's kind of on (laughs) brand. Because I got to watch Bulls and I went three for three on my my big three for the bets pod. So that was a nice little recovery. Yeah. And now we've got an epic weekend of sports coming up college basketball, college football, the playoff. I mean, this is what we live for.
1: It's true. It really is a magical time. And the NFL might be frisky as well. Jake, how are we doing?
2: I'm very tired, but I'm here. I'm ready to talk some ball. Love that. Love that
1: about you. Um, you never disappoint on that On that end. Um, yeah, I'm going to start us off not so drafty, but certainly um, fits into the theme of team construction, team building that often um is kind of the overarching theme of this pod and certainly the connectivity of football at all levels from the tippy top in college to the nfl and i'm talking about the broncos new coach search nathaniel hackett ending um arguably a top 10 comically bad uh nfl coaching tenure which i I would say we don't have to get into all that much. Um, but I was, I've been fascinated to listen to the guys on the Broncos pod who obviously do an amazing job. And um, they, in kind of a surprise, all seem to agree that the top target to start this search should be Jim Harbaugh. Just with the stars aligning of him feeling like there's still some unfinished business uh in the nfl game and still taking interviews with nfl teams vikings and colts in the last two years um and then the 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 fact that this new ownership group what they have going for them is they can basically throw ginormous mounds of cash to whoever they see fit and that's where going after a top college guy kind of gives you an advantage um especially on a team that's kind of short for draft capital i think the draft pod as a whole can all agree we do not need to squander more draft capital to trade for a head coach um so jake you know i mean we start with you you uh you must be extremely torn here what would it be like to lose jimmy and see those khakis um with a little orange on the, on the top of, um, on a Broncos sideline.
2: Um, it's, it's a really hard, uh, situation to kind of break down because I really don't know what I'd want out of it. Um, I think I'd rather Jim stay at Michigan just because the Broncos have been such a dumpster fire since 2015. And I don't want, um, the Broncos to ruin him and Michigan to get worse at the same time. Um, But I I just really don't know about this because obviously, as the guys talk about, Jim has had his interest in the NFL. But I also have the feeling like if he didn't leave for Minnesota last year, who was a great team this year. I mean, what's the record, 12 and 3 or whatever. And looking like one of the stronger teams in the NFC, why would he leave for Denver where it's one of, if not the worst quarterback situations in the league? um, And that's not changing relatively soon. Uh, he'd have to either tank or just work some magic this next year. And I don't know, that just seems like when you can keep it going at Michigan and just bring in another top 10 class and just keep rolling down the road and you're owning the Big Ten the last two years. Um, He got a raise last year. I don't know. It, uh, It would make me nervous just as a fan of both teams. I guess as a Broncos fan, I'd be a little hype. I'd be very, very sad as a Michigan fan, though.
1: He got a raise last year because he was on the hot seat two two years prior and had to take a makeup. So there's a little context. That might be part of why it's like, you know, I'm the best coach this, this university university's seen in two decades, and I still it's hard to keep my job. That might be part of it. Uh, money and control, Justin, always a simple answer to why someone may want to leave or take another job. There might be more levels to this, though, between – um how how hard and just 24 7 365 a year the college ranks really require you to be um and the fact that he was really good at the nfl like really yeah. really good uh three conference championship appearances one Super Bowl appearance with guys like Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. The Niners had been an absolute dumpster fire. And I don't know how much you might factor in a Big Ten that's going to strengthen significantly in a couple years once Lincoln Riley and Chip Kelly um, and the SoCal boys get added to the mix.
0: I want to respond to a couple of things here. First, Jake, just to the why would he take the interview I mean, because it's the Broncos. I mean, kind of going back to the like, if you watched Moneyball when he gets asked, because it's the Red Sox. It's, you know, one of the NFL's most historic franchises, despite the fact that they've been down. That stands for something, especially with these guys that have been in the league, been around it for years and years, understand the different dynamics at play, consistent fan bases, institutional support, and all that. Also, as Dre alluded to, you're constantly coaching for your job in a situation where you're expected to contend and really out-compete Ohio State, which historically has been a losing proposition. He's there now, but for how long, I guess, is is the thing you kind of always have in the back of your mind. But I don't know. The thing I've been toying with for the last week is, is the NFL actually a better job than college football? Because my gut says absolutely, just because of the headache of Having to recruit 24-7, not only up-and-coming talent, but just keeping your roster intact in the modern NIL like poaching your talent world, that's exhausting. To an extent, I've heard some people argue that you essentially have total control, especially if you're at a place like Michigan. You know, Yeah, you might lose a couple guys, but you can also go out and essentially recruit from anyone in the country because you have that much power. I just think the structure of the NFL calendar has got to be so appealing. Like, you know who is going to be a free agent. This is It's all structured, you know, when these conversations are going to happen. In theory, you at least get a little bit of time off. In college football, it's all consuming. I just think at some point with these guys, they just decide, you want to know what? I could kind of do without the headache, particularly when you are a proven NFL head coach and you know that you can do it.
2: Yeah.
1: um, I've been back and forth. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah, Jake.
2: I mean, the thing with that though is this Broncos job is this is not a regular job that you're taking. This is not the 49ers with Alex Smith that you just got to clean him up and you already got a stud defense. I mean,
1: this team needs
2: some work, man. And they, well, yes. And they're not going to get that third overall pick or whatever it ends up being. He's going to pick in the the late 20s, most likely, um, with this San Francisco pick. So you do get a player. They're kind of strapped for cash with this rush, rust deal. Um, I mean, I know you can sign some guys, but he's got Michigan rolling too. I mean, they've been putting top 10 class together year after year. He's got a top three transfer class right now. I mean, he's got it. He's got Michigan in the Big Ten in the palm of his hand right now. And I mean, I'm speaking as a Michigan fan, so this is just my perspective. But leaving that to go to a team that is just in shambles really right
0: now, I mean, Is Arizona or New Orleans any better? Like, there's a reason all these jobs are opening up because they need some work.
2: Well, you don't have to deal with Russell Wilson at both of those jobs, though. And I think that's a huge, huge roadblock in this. It's going to be a massive conversation for whoever the next coach is. And you're obviously going to have to get someone willing to take that on. Um, Jim Harbaugh is a quarterback whisperer, so I get why he Mm -hmm. is a target. Um, But man, he makes a ton of sense. He
1: does he'd make a ton of sense from a football standpoint. And I actually don't think the situation, aside from the cap and financial restraints, is very different from what he came into at the Niners. I actually think it's quite similar in a lot of those ways. Um,
0: Your defense is built. You've got talent at the skill positions. I mean, there's improvements to be made in the trenches, I think, on both sides of the ball, but and
1: that's where jim really brings value right all all of a sudden we can scheme up this o-line um i remember that first draft with the niners they go alden smith and then they trade up from the second round to get Ayupati, the guard um You know, and he was a road grader. He made a huge, he was, he really kind of changed the vibe. And then they also traded up with the Broncos to uh, draft Colin Kaepernick at the top of the second round, which um, worked out for them. But I mean, we could, gosh, there's so many ways we could go to this, to where, like, where do you rank? Like, I think Nick Saban would leave Alabama for, like, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think there are some jobs in football coaching ranks that are just too great. I'm not sure where the Broncos job falls as presently constructed um, on that scale, especially when going against, what, a top six job in college football?
2: Yeah, and then you'd have to deal with Mahomes and Herbert twice a year while you're rebuilding this team. I mean, hey, you settle down right there,
1: okay? Enough with the negativity. <laughs> yeah. We get it. You want to stay at Michigan? We get it. But and I mean, okay. look, okay. there's a case to be there's a case to be made. I mean, there's a strong case to be made for that. I understand that. Um, but you know, that's like this is Jim Harbaugh. He doesn't back down from challenges. Challenges are what right? Like what what gets this guy's gears grinding? My next question, though, rather than where this ranks is, if you did just have the Brinks truck to hand over to any college coach, um, Jim Harbaugh, we often talked about the condoleezza rice Stanford connection, which is huge in this, and also factors in David Shaw, who I would love to get your thoughts on in a second. Um, But Back to my question of if you do have unlimited money, which the Broncos have, to hand over to a head coach, is Jim Harbaugh your number one candidate? Or would you prefer to go Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, who for the first time in his career at Ohio State might be feeling the pressure and might be thinking, boy, maybe there is a Uh, a grass is always greener on the other side scenario here i think dabo sweeney has become such a joke that he is out of this conversation um so i think it's lincoln i think it's james franklin i think it's obviously harbaugh and i think it's ryan day i don't know if you guys would want to add anyone else actually brian kelly's the only one else i'd add kelly riley just took new big money opportunities might be a little harder Franklin Day appealing. Harbaugh obviously the only one with the NFL experience. Um, how would you rank those guys? Uh, Justin, and like who who would your top candidate be, man?
0: Harbaugh is my top candidate out of anybody, NFL college or uh, otherwise. I just I think his track record, I think he's the type of guy that comes in. You need a personality that's going to command the room if we're going to salvage this scenario mm-hmm. as constructed with Russell Wilson. It can't be a Nathaniel Hackett, you know, like, hey, guys, like, we're all going to have fun. It's got to be a guy that comes in and not only, like, commands the attention, but deserves the respect that comes along with it. You need an alpha. And because of that, I think Harbaugh is, is clearly the best choice. 100%. I'd throw Sean Payton out there, but again, I just we don't have the capital to trade for him. Mm -hmm. I don't see it happening. He doesn't seem that intrigued in the job in the first place. A lot of reasons why I don't really see that happening. Harbaugh would be one. I think just the NFL experience, as talented as as Franklin and, and Lincoln Riley and as proven as they are, just knowing that you've been there and done that, I think gives you a big peace of mind because the track record is not great for guys making that jump from college football to the NFL doesn't mean that you should shy away from some of these guys just because it hasn't worked in the past but for me it's it's harbaugh one lincoln riley two. i guess just because he's so dynamic and innovative if anybody could make it interesting he'd be up there i'm still skeptical of whether it translates at the next level i would say franklin probably third just because i i could see him translating at the nfl i just think his style is gonna work and you mentioned david shaw I have him him in my notes. I don't know if he's ever going to coach collegiately again. Yeah. I feel like he'd be a really good NFL coach and a guy that would just work well with grown men.
1: He feels like this would be a perfect situation for him, too.
0: He might be like a top three candidate for me, just yes. honestly. I know it's not the sexiest candidate. I know mm-hmm. he's not the name that's going to get thrown out there when you watch NFL Live and all that. To me, if you want a guy that's going to come in, command respect, that can build this, has proven that he can win and offset you know, gaps in talent and athleticism, Shaw's up there with the best of them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, out of all the candidates, Harbaugh is the best one. I mean, he'd probably be the best candidate to try and fix this in the shortest time frame. But man, like what Justin said, I'm really intrigued by David Shaw. Um, it's just... When he stepped down, man, he sounded like he was done, though. He sounded just exhausted and just ready to take a break. Um, Maybe he goes on TV for a season and then thinks about coaching. I just think this year might be hard for that. In terms of the college coaches, though, I'd be nervous about Lincoln Riley just with how these other guys that come from college and – the King Kingsbury types um, come into the league and just they really really struggle to pick up the NFL game and the differences between that and college. Uh, Franklin I think would be interesting, um, but yeah, it's I mean, just, David Shaw after Harbaugh.
1: Yeah, I'm with I Day Franklin Riley probably in reverse order than what how I just would be really intriguing. Um, I don't think they make sense with where the Broncos are at right now. Like it just, it, it, this is, would be too tough a job to like learn on the job and, um, you know, try to fit an off a modern offense, but also fit it around Russ or like punt on Russ, but then have an awful team for a year. Like, why would they sign up with that? Brian Kelly, on the other hand, might be like a sneaky. More reasonable candidate, but I I don't know. Like uh, he just took the LSU job. I think that's a tough fit right now.
0: And he's in a good standing. I mean, you beat Bama in year one, made the SEC championship game. Yeah, fair. He's got as stable of a, a job as you can have, I guess, at this point. Just in terms of the you know SEC Big Ten jobs, you're always like a bad year or two away from getting fired down there. But he's at least in as good of a spot as he can be. Seems to be up and coming. They're recruiting well. He'd be good I mean, though. I mean, like out of the college coaches, in terms of coming in to work on a quarterback, Kelly probably be one of the top guys, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I think getting him out of the college game where now, like, he's not made a fool of and trying to recruit and do stuff that's just not natural would be, would make a lot of sense. But, yeah, I I really think it's just Harbaugh and Shaw, basically. Um, and I don't know how the fan base would feel about Shaw. Like, it'd be really weird because things haven't gone that great. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, the tippy-top coaches just look at their quarterbacks that they've sent to the NFL, and Shaw has decent track record with that. Um, and he's got that Harbaugh scheme to him, man. Like he's a lot of those coaches that have come from his staff have moved on. He's got connections. He's well-respected. If you've ever seen him do draft broadcast on the NFL network, like soup, just like a bright mind, man, a really bright mind. And he has those connections. Like he wants to bring in a Dan Mullen and give you that kind of Urban Meyer, Ryan Day, James Franklin type offense. He can do that. He's got all those connections, you know? Um, he'd be really he he would not be sexy at all but god does he feel like just what the doctor ordered in a lot of ways
2: how would we feel about bill o'brien
0: as a coach with no gm control okay yes yes but, but i think it's a tough sell after the way that he fizzled out with houston and just the you know the trading deandre hopkins for basically a washing machine and some, you know, old Burger King Whoppers. It was just, I don't know. And I think he'd be a tougher sell than any of the other guys, but he's an underrated football coach.
2: He's a good coach.
0: Here's a name for you. A guy who, when you listen to him in his interviews, kind of understands the direction that college football is heading does not favor his current spot. Coming off of his third consecutive 10-win season, Troy Calhoun at Air Force.
1: I've said it for years that to me Troy Calhoun is kind of um, is like kind of perfect for the NFL. He's a Shanahan disciple that was there in the glory days, has worked with Gary Kubiak and the whole gang, and has like a decade plus of experience coaching the triple option. Like, oh, you th- you think this guy would maybe have a little success? calling plays in the modern NFL, being able to like pair the triple option with Shanahan's fucking offense like does that not sound like the future does that
0: not sound like where we've been inching towards and could all culminate into this and He's doing it now at Air Force they've I, modernized you watch it they have spread concepts yeah. they're running a lot of zone read stuff it's not just the triple option like he he does not get credit for how innovative he is and using the talent around him and putting them in a position to succeed. Like he's not one of those guys. I'm going to shoehorn it. This has to be right. like, I got Brad Roberts. This is kind of redefined what I can do. Let's throw some zone read in here. Oh, it only worked for three straight years
1: yeah and the service academies used to be like a great place to take college coaches because it was almost like hiring a special teams coach right guys from the service academies had a different kind of experience in adjusting and adapting their rosters and schemes um so he'd make a ton of sense but i have kind of put that to rest like five years ago like since yeah he's an Joseph, air force
0: so at this point he would have made yeah. a lot of sense for cu too i mean it, sure, in a different sure, world, you know, sure. if they don't land yep. Deion Sanders or whatever, you just want a guy that can clearly coach football, has local ties, has had success at both levels. He makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Again, not a sexy hire, Um, not the best quote in the world. So, you know, probably wouldn't like enthrall people in press conferences, but yeah. who cares? <laughs> Let's just win some football games.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, I think that's a good name to throw out there honestly though man this team is just it's they need so much work why not just hold on to jerry rossberg and just bottom it out next year
1: if that's the route you go if that's the route you go and you just like cut cut everyone and um but boy you you rarely see that you rarely see a team bottom out to such an extent that they're just like man we're keeping the interim here like
0: well, the NFL just, doesn't want that. They don't want the NBA image of tanking being acceptable, even though it might be the best route with some of these quarterbacks coming out in 2024. They just they don't want it. And they 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 really structure it and kind of try and disincentivize you from doing so. I don't I yeah. just have a hard time seeing a new owner coming in and kind of ruffling the feathers that way and going against the spirit of the league, if you will.
2: It'd be a tough sell, but man, I just this team just needs so much work. and like i I used to really dream of like about this stuff. What I would do if I was the Broncos coach, the GM, I honestly don't know at this point. It, there's so much that needs to change,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and yet they were in just about every game, you know, like defense is good. They suffered a ton of injuries. Like I, I could also see this maybe not feeling like as drastic a a turnaround um as you think you've said this the last three
2: hires though man it's just i, uh, I oh, right know.
1: no i mean there is something systemic that really needs to change all around and that's why guys like jim harbaugh feel like they make really a lot of sense right um man it's finally here new year's new year's six the bulls that matter Natty time. Um, and right now, DraftKings Sportsbook has some amazing offers, including for new users. Right now, can place a $5 pregame money line bet on any college football team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. And that's on top of all their amazing boosts. You can combine same game parlays. Um, you can, well, yesterday, they had boosted up parlays for college hoops they just have amazing deals all around download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now use code DMVR new customers place a five dollar pregame money line bet on a college football team to win and get 150 dollars if your team does that's code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details
0: the NFL regular season is coming to a close ain't nothing a beer can't fix (laughs) <laughs> you know, Breck Brew is you covered with the hometown craft beer of the Denver Broncos. Broncos Country Pale Ale. Probably going to need a few of them this Sunday when we take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Show off that colorful Colorado legacy with the Orange Crush logo. It really pops. I've got it on a shirt, a hat, got a bunch of koozies. It just goes that hard. Made 100% with Colorado ingredients. We love that. And they make all of their beer with 100% renewable energy. It's going to be your go-to for football season for any season, really. Check out the Breckbeer locator at www.breckbeer.com. Find a Broncos country pale ale near you.
1: Boom. All right, boys. It's time. Feels like uh, this last week our Bulls picks. Picked it up. We're in on Maryland today, which is going on right now. A little 3-3 three three, uh, game I right now. I told you guys
2: about Washington. Yeah, yeah we, told we
1: took you. that last
0: night. We took it on, the, on bets again. Doubled down and put it in the big three.
1: Yeah, Oregon devastated me. That was really stupid. Um, But aside from that, aside from that absurd spread, everything else seems to be going pretty smooth.
0: I think we have a good read on these teams. The one I'm really kind of struggling with is UCLA-Pittsburgh because eight and a half points against Narduzzi feels kind of a lot. I mean, the Pittsburgh team's been frisky, but... If the UCLA offense plays to its potential, I have a hard time seeing Pitt keep up with them as well. Where are you guys at on this one?
2: Start a quarterback track. for
0: Pitt. Because Slovis entered the portal, right? He He's did, gone. yep. He's at Rice now, I think. Or that might be <clears throat> the other one. Um... I think I'm a little out of
2: it. I don't know if Charbonnet's playing and if some of their skill guys are. But man, UCLA was just well. That's all these
0: bowls. It's a shit show. You don't know who's playing. You don't know who's going to opt out. I mean, it's that's we're going out on a limb here. You have to you have to stake your reputation despite not having the proper information to make these picks accurately. (laughs)
2: Then I'm rolling with DTR, man. He's been playing at a high level all year. Um, Eight and a half is a lot, but when this offense is rolling and DTR is playing good football with his arm and legs, uh, they are very, very hard to beat. Eight and a half is a little uncomfortable, but uh, I'm still going to take it, I think.
1: Oh, God. I kind of feel like all these bigger spreads aren't worth laying the points for. I would take Narduzzi and the gang to keep
0: it close. That's kind of where I'm at too. I just I don't know. Some of these big spreads have not been hitting. I think I lean Pitt, even though I think UCLA is the more fun team to back. Huh. Tennessee Clemson the spread is coming down. It was Clemson by like six and a half. Now Clemson four and a half over Tennessee. <sighs> They're not the fun pick, but I still think it's Clemson given the state of Tennessee's roster.
1: Man, it's such a sicko game because Clemson was like the most annoying team to watch all season. And Tennessee just was a completely different team second half of the year,
2: you know? Yeah, no hooker, no Hyatt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, I think you got to stay away, but gun to my head, I suppose I take Clemson, though I absolutely hate it. Absolutely hate it, despise it. In fact, South Carolina better than both these teams, the record has shown. So, go game, Cox.
0: <laughs> Iowa, Kentucky is the real sicko's game, though.
1: The, tell, tell Jake yeah. the total, man. Tell Jake the total.
2: I, I just saw it.
0: I already won, man. Dude, that's
1: lower than Army, Navy. What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, smash it. And from television. If you are watching this game, you're not allowed to ever talk about soccer being a low (laughs) low scoring sport. You're just not. There's more kicking going on in this game than there will be in most soccer games with all the (laughs) punts there's going to be. Um, I mean, it'd be Kentucky by a gajillion, but Noel Levis. And I'm kind of surprised I was the favorite. Kentucky's
0: run game. Yeah, Iowa's garbage. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Iowa just sucks.
1: And Kentucky, even though they ended seven and five, this felt like a pretty special like year for them. Um, so kind of top it off, you know.
2: Yeah,
0: I think I take. I like that it's against a Big Ten team too, and not just like you know against some G five school or something where they're not going to care. I, I think beating a Big Ten school. Would mean something to Bob Stoops in this program.
2: Yeah. Mark Stoops.
0: Mark Stoops, right. my bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean it now we get into the big ones, right? No more messing around. Bamakin State. Justin, uh, a house divided. You're your wildcats. Know, this one tears. really
0: sucks. Yeah, man. <laughs> um i so desperate. Like, I think it'd be fun to see Kansas State win this t- game. Even as a Bama guy, but with Will Anderson and Bryce Young both playing and Bama not having any opt outs, I-, I think this is kind of one where Bama tries to put the exclamation point down. Like, you kept us out of the playoff. Are you... All right, fine, we're still us. They want to kind of set the tone going into next year. And Bryce Young is is playing to be the number one pick, so I I think there's a lot at stake for Bama in this one. I like them to cover six and a half, but I think it's going to be a really fun game. And I really like the over at 56.
2: Hmm. I think I'm going to take Kansas state with that number within a touchdown. Uh, Bama has shown that they can get gashed on the defensive side, do the ground in the air this year. Um, but the points that you had, Justin are all valid. and I, I think that Alabama has a great opportunity to make a statement in this game, as you said, um, but just going off the trends I've seen this year, I think this game is close.
0: This one means a lot to K State, too. You know, going with the like having something to play for, they, you know, clearly they're going to give it their all. Deuce is the man. I mean, he's probably the most fun player in college football. I'd love to see him go off and kind of help his NFL draft stock as well. Dre, where are you at?
1: Bama smokes him. This is too low. This, wow. is any other situation like Bama by less than a touchdown, this would be, this would seem like easy money. Um, it's been so long since we've seen Bama in this kind of situation. And yeah, they are prone to be a a bit of a letdown, but I just think this team's a little different. I think, uh, those two losses didn't necessarily feel like two losses and Saban's going to have his guys already looking forward to next year and making a statement. So I think this might even be a Bama alt-line play.
0: I'm considering it too. It's like when they missed the playoff and they played Michigan um, four or five years ago. I'm I'm drawing a blank on the bowl. It was one of them yeah, in Florida. It was, Florida. A, uh, it was a outback game. outback bowl or gator At bowl. At Outback, that's bowl. what it was. And they kind of laid it on of you know, Judy and those guys.
2: Yep.
0: It feels like that scenario to me. I could
2: see it. Um, is, so Jameer Gibbs is playing too? Everyone's playing?
0: As as far as I've seen so far, no opt-outs uh, on Bama's side, which is pretty impressive in in the modern game that all these guys want to play. And again, I think it yeah. speaks to what Dre was saying. It was a weird year. I mean, you're a couple losses by like three points and it keeps you out of the playoff. But I'm all in on Bama. Um, Michigan, seven and a half point favorites over for DCU. Dre and I were talking about it on bets yesterday. We're all in on the Wolverines. Where are you on this one?
2: Yep, same. Uh, did you see this quote, guys, from TCU cornerback Travius Hodges-Tomlinson? Let me read this to you. He goes, um, he's talking about the speed of TCU and stuff, and then um, he gets asked about Michigan and if he's worried about their size. He goes, not at all. Just to understand that they're and they like to talk about size and stuff like that. At the end of the day, size does not play a role in football. Who says that? Michigan by (laughs) a million.
0: I mean, I know TCU totally has leaned into the whole speed training thing, and like that's their thing, and it's worked. Um, This Michigan team in the trenches on both sides of the ball is another level than anything they've seen all year. And if if they go out and they can can move the ball on them, I'll be surprised. I know Duggan's been great. He's been an awesome story. Would have been my pick for the Heisman just based on his moments. I, I I gotta go with the size. I gotta go with our guy Harbaugh. We've talked him up so much. I think this is Michigan's moment, and they want to get in that title game.
1: DCU, man, it's just like hard. They've they've played in a lot of really tight games that they've been able to hang um till the very end. It does feel like slowly but surely. Teams have kind of figured them out, and they're kind of running on fuels. And I think it's it's kind of that you know Natty semifinal special, where like the one team that looks like the odd man out ends up playing like the odd man out and gets blown out by a gajillion. Um, Michigan, right now, you know you can bet what the Natty the Natty spread, Jake. Michigan, a bigger dog to Georgia in a potential natty matchup than Ohio State currently is to the dogs.
2: The disrespect. Unbelievable. Um I've got another quote if you guys want to hear this, because he's been talking about forcing Michigan to win via JJ McCarthy and forcing him to throw. He goes on that, <clears throat> on hearing that TCU's plan, and he says, it's like an ASMR video. It is music to my ears. It just sounds amazing. I love to hear it, and it makes me even more excited. And this is kind of the same trap that Ohio State got themselves into because they were like, you know what? We're going to sell out. Stop the run. We're just going to blitz McCarthy. We're going to force him to make some throws. Guys, this is a highly touted, touted recruit. He's got a cannon for an arm. Be careful what you wish for
0: Man, he's got Jake. some dog in him too. Like, he's got that wag that kind of comes out in these type of games. I'm I think all this in on Michigan this team's I'm bringing, for Michigan
1: team's bringing this. Sorry, Justin. Uh, this Michigan team's bringing the dog out in Jake. I think <laughs> that's that's <laughs> my Like, man, I haven't heard him this confident on a pick and
2: <laughs> maybe ever. Um, I mean, just on that though, like you got to be careful what you wish for when you dare these quarterbacks who are young and relatively inexperienced who have tools to beat you because this could be a real growing up moment for uh, McCarthy in the playoffs. If you really force him to yeah. beat TCU, um, literally be for what you wish for because this guy just start figuring it out on the fly like all of these young quarterbacks usually do.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talk so much about Caleb Williams for that next quarterback class, but he's one of those dudes that really has me intrigued, man. Like, really has me intrigued. Um, We just need to see him make more complex throws. Right now, he feels like too much of a Marcus Mariota-type prospect, which, one of the best college players I've ever seen. So, you know, that's not a slight. It's just we are also a draft pod. Um, And to me, this Ohio State game, huge test for that Georgia secondary, right? Like the front was so dominant last year that it was kind of like they didn't need to be tested. Now it feels like the secondary is one of the real strengths. This wide receiver core for Ohio State, even without uh, JSN, all-timer, and uh, CJ Strout, if you give him time, can sit back and pluck you. And I really think Ohio State getting an early lead is massive here.
2: Massively important.
0: Do you see a pat upset, Jake?
2: Uh, that's, that's really hard for me, a true upset. I mean, maybe on the spread, I could see Ohio state covering, uh, urban Meyer had a quote just talking about how Ohio state obviously loves to pass the ball. And he feels that Georgia is only built around stopping the run and that they can pass on them. I don't know about that quote when you have Keely Ringo and all these guys in the secondary though. Um, no JSN, um, I don't know, man. The the 6.5 is intriguing, but even then, I think I still take Georgia. Uh, they We saw last year against Michigan. I mean, they are just a clear cut above so, these playoff teams. It's crazy.
1: I'm so torn, Holy Justin. Like, this is one of those classic, like, the books' confidence almost gives me more confidence in Ohio State, but then I wonder, like, is this just name recognition? Like, are we just giving them name recognition respect right now?
0: It kind of feels like it. Just yeah. kind of the brand. It's been a weird
1: Ohio State season. It's been a weird Ohio State couple years, man. Like the they've looked dominant in all but like two games, basically. But then those couple games, they've looked really pretty average. Like kind of a they're kind of like a Lincoln Riley Oklahoma team in some ways. Like they kind of just feel soft. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you've got some front-seven playmakers, but they're they're not enough once you go against a well-rounded team that's multidimensional. Um, which by the way would be the biggest case you can make against Ryan Day as an NFL head coach, is that he's he's just been too much one note. He hasn't shown like, oh yeah, I can win in a multitude of ways, which to me is what the great college coaches do show. Like Dabo, Urban, Saban, they adjust, they win in a multitude of ways um mike Gandhi. no I'm, I'm kidding Gandhi's a fucking idiot um <laughs> okay anything else guys <laughs> that's,
2: I, that's a beautiful way to close the pod right there um all right the rose right. bowl is interesting too if we want to talk about that oh did
1: we did we skip some new york sixes oh i'm sorry yes no let's keep okay okay uh, cute.
2: yeah Yeah, keep it going. Um, Penn State-Utah. Two-point favorites. Um, I think I'm on the Utes here. Penn State has been a tough team. Um, But we saw last year in this Rose Bowl game, and we've seen it all this year, that Utah has this reputation of being tough, hard-nosed, you know, physical football team. But man, they can put up some points when they need to. Um, And they did it in big games this year. I think two is just a little too small for the team that you're getting in Utah.
0: They're peaking at the right time. They're playing their best football when it matters most. This is a Utah team where, if you take away that dumb Florida game, they still maybe sneak into the playoff. It'd be it would have been an interesting debate them versus TCU at that point. I I just think that they're well established on both sides of the ball. This game's gonna not that it doesn't mean anything to Penn State, but you know when you're a program like Utah and you're constantly getting overshadowed by USC and UCLA and now all this you know, Big Ten BS. They're the team with something to play for. I like the Utes. Whittingham typically has them up and ready for postseason play. I'm all in.
1: Same. I kind of think USC parlayed with Utah feels like a fun play on Monday, January 2nd.
2: How was that? The USC line only two points too, man. I mean, I know Tulane's had a great year, but Jesus. Caleb Williams only given two?
0: That SC defense has been soft of late. And Tulane's going to be punching up. But yeah, I'm all in on the Trojans to cover two. I'm shocked it's not like six and a half.
2: Yeah, seriously.
1: I am too. So maybe there's something we're not um, taking an account for. I'd assume Jordan Addison isn't in this one, but I'm not sure that really matters.
2: I mean, this could just be one of those bowl games where USC just doesn't have all their top guys. Maybe they kind of mail it in. Caleb's coming back um and Tulane yeah. just plays out of their mind. Yeah, it's yeah. just one of those bowl games where USC after it just they just don't even consider it. They just wipe it clean.
1: Yeah, it's the it's kind of what we were like at the start of bowl season we were very intrigued by all these dogs where it, it means something to them at the but USC it's been a minute since they've been in like a good bowl. Like I think this is a nice way to kind of like close this out and go into, you know, like same same kind of stuff I was saying about Bama. Mhm
0: probably like that Penn State Rose Bowl against Sam Darnold was the last time they played a relevant yeah. postseason game.
1: Oh, crazy. I love that it was team. was a great
0: game. Yeah. Tulane's covered in eight of their last nine. Just throwing it out.
1: Yep. They are one of the top uh, teams, ATS, in the country.
2: Jake's starting to get worried. Um, And then, yeah. Two's too small for Caleb Williams. I agree. I, that That's...
0: You're just betting on the best player in college football to be the best player in college football at that point.
1: Right, that easy, yep. I think that's actually going to be it for us. Thank you, boys. Happy New Year's to you all. It's been a delight. Excited for some draft pods going into 2023, maybe switch up a few things. Stay tuned. Uh, Appreciate you all for tuning in, and uh, yeah, Happy New Year.